Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Boys and girls want to hear a true story. Saturday night was at this real wild party. They had the liquor flowing the cup about It's mind-boggling how many guests have passed on the opportunity to talk about City High's catchy yet serious 1999 jam, What Would You Do? So Matt and I had no choice but to institute a new You Snooze, You Lose category of one-hit Thunder episodes and do this one ourselves. We can't imagine who wouldn't want to discuss this highly danceable song about having to do whatever it takes to feed your child, which also inexplicably breaks into Dr. Dre's The Next Episode halfway through. What would we do without this catchy yet lyrically heavy hit? Stay tuned to find out. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed, and you can live off royalties forever. And it makes me wonder, is it just a wonder, or is it one hit thunder? Chris, I'm going to introduce this one, because this is a, you know, we'll see how many we do of this but this is what i want to call one hit thunder you snooze you lose we're 130 episodes in multiple guests have had opportunities to pick this i'm pretty sure it's been on the patreon twice and didn't win so you know what we're just we're taking it for ourselves (laughs) i can't believe it's taken this many episodes to get to this song this song popped back into my life in the past few years i would say within the last two years ever since it did I've probably heard this song at least once a week since then, if not more. I think I was maybe 
at my friend Johnny's pool and it came on a playlist somehow. I don't know if it was on somebody's shuffle, but this chorus hit and I was, my ears perked up like, what, what is this? Yeah. What is this song? I remember this song and I know I knew it at the time in 2001, but this city high, that melody of that chorus has to be one of the catchiest things ever to the point where I'm like, is that something else that they're singing those words to the melody of? And I don't think it is. I, I think don't think it's, so either. It's them. I rediscovered it when we launched the One Hit Thunder podcast. Right. Because this was this was easily one of those songs that people were submitting like on a weekly basis when we when we really needed the approval right. thing set up because we were getting like fifty submissions a day of people just posting songs, and based on charts. We're, we're bending the rules a little bit. They mm-hmm. had a second hit. It was a top 20 hit. By by all standards, they are not a true one-hit wonder. But I think that they definitely fall into that Rick Springfield kind of category where it's like, it don't matter. That Caramel song is great, but ain't nobody remember that song. It's yeah. all this. <laughs> yeah, you and I were just listening to Caramel? Caramel? How do caramel. you say it? You I say, say Caramel. You say Caramel. I say Caramel. Most of the time. Doesn't matter. Either way, that song's great. Yeah. I had never heard it before today. Yeah, 100%. Somehow was in to- uh, number 18 it hit on the charts. I don't know. Wow. Under- but I'm wondering again, we've talked about that with like Cisco. Like maybe that was just right in the wave mm. of how much What Would You Do was was hitting. Like, right. I mean, I guess when I heard this song for the first time, I'm like, all right, whatever. It's good. But I, it was kind of like, Maybe this is just one of those songs, kind of like how TLC had like Unpretty, you know, where they had like waterfalls. Like every once in a while, they had like a song that was raising awareness. But from just like the sample size of songs that we heard from City High, it sounds like they really, I mean, this was their one album and they used that album to really talk about the shit that they felt was important for how catchy this song is. This is a heavy fucking song. Yeah, you're not kidding. It's a heavy song. Yeah, the subject matter is basically, for anyone who doesn't know the story behind the song, it's very clear what the story is when you listen to it, but it's that a guy goes to a party, there's strippers at this party, and he recognizes one of them, and he's like, oh, that's a girl that I went to high school with, Lonnie. Lonnie from junior high. Yeah, and he's like, what are you doing here? Why are you stripping this thing? And basically what she says to him is, what would you do if your son was at home crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's hungry? And the only way to feed him is to sleep with a man for a little bit of money. And his daddy's gone somewhere smoking rock now, in and out of lockdown. I ain't got a job now. So for you, this is just a good time. But for me, this is what I call life. Yeah. And Oof. it's a story we've heard time and time again. You know, you do what you got to do to feed your kid. And when I listen to this song, I obviously sympathize. I empathize with the stripper. Of course, she's doing what she got to do to feed her kid. I mean, let's talk about all of that's heavy in its own right. But I think the second verse has the heaviest lyric in the entire song. Yeah, I'll say. When he says like, hey, man, like you're not the only one that has a baby. You shouldn't be living this, this crazy life. And she basically is like... I know about pain because me and my sister ran away so my daddy couldn't rape us before I was even a teenager. Right. Holy shit. What's crazy about that is that, I mean, it shouldn't be, I shouldn't say crazy about it, but what this was a, a, a mainstream hit song with, with a lyric like that. It's powerful. 
I've seen this song, I've seen criticisms of this song, and I've even thought it myself, where it's like, does it feel a little bit victim blamey, like the male voice in this song? Yeah. But is that to illustrate? Like, what? what's the, the-, the theme of the song here? It seems like the male voice in the song is saying like, well, my mom didn't have to do that. Yeah. You know? Well, it kind of feels like you're blaming the victim or you're blaming the struggling person here. You know, I love when I compare an artist song to a completely different genre artist song. So we're going to talk Ben folds for a second. Okay. I remember the very first time that I ever heard Ben folds kind of go on the record about what the song brick was about. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't want this. He's like, I never really wanted this to be a political stance one way or the other for or against. I just wanted to write a song about the emotions that two different people were feeling about a situation. Mm-hmm. And I, that's kind of how I read this. You can't say that the stripper's got bad excuses mm-hmm. at all. She's got very valid reasons for doing what she's doing. And it almost feels like if the last line of the song was the, if my mother can do it, baby, you can do it. And then the song ended, I'd be like, yeah, they're really taking a stance. But then to go back to that chorus and it's almost like, seeing it from both sides. Like then I also think if this was close to the time when Nas put out that I can song, it's like his most G rated song. It's like a song dedicated to kids. Just like not, I don't even say is like a cautionary tale, but just saying like, I've seen things I've seen things and how bad things can get. Like don't, Try to avoid the the situations that would put you down that path in the first place. So I guess in a weird way, I don't know. I guess I guess I see it from two different perspectives because City High is definitely taking the uh, the high ground here a little bit. But I think the point is being more so having that. You know, I love alternative hip hop. I know you love alternative hip hop, and like alternative hip hop got its name because it was an alternative to what the other hip hop was out there, which was like at the time when you're having all these rappers coming out and having songs about how great it is to be in a gang. And like Snoop Dogg's had a lot of songs that really don't seem to be pro condom wearing, you know, <laughs> like stuff like that. So like, then you have the flip side where it's like, while all that's happening, you're having the alternative hip hop groups like De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest coming out that are kind of, talking about like learning about your history and being (laughs) like a little bit more yeah conscious about what's happening around you and city high would definitely fall into way more of that tribe called quest category where i think if nothing else it is a when he says this is a true story i believe that this is a true story i think that the people in city high know someone who became a stripper because of a really fucked up backstory and wanted to write a song about it yeah i believe that and you know, as I analyze this, and we got to talk about musically this song, it's crazy because in the middle of the song, out of nowhere, it breaks into Dr. Dre's The Next Episode. Yep. And there's a verse that's wrapped over that beat to the point where, you know, Dr. Dre and Snoop and the songwriters of that song got songwriting credit on this song. Yeah. There are two different versions of this song, but the one that everyone knows, the one that was played, is the version with the Dr. Dre part, which really comes out of nowhere. It's like, hold up, hold up. And all the music changes. It is a breakneck change that takes you completely out of the 
very melodic flow of the song and it kind of feels more like you're in the club or something and then it takes you yanks you right back out of that before that final verse Yo, wait a second, man. Something just ain't sounding right. Yo. You trying to tell me your girlfriend couldn't just go out and get a regular job? That is mad shorty's going through the same mad thing, shorty. yo. If I ever ran into your girlfriend, I'd probably say, Hold up. What would you do? Get up on my feet and let go of every excuse. What would you do? Because I wouldn't want my baby back to go through what I went through. Come on, what would you do? Get up on my feet and stop making tired excuses. What would you do? very interesting like even when i rediscovered this song i was like what why did they do that i'm still a little puzzled as to why they did that yeah and i genuinely don't know if that was their call or if that was a decision from the people who made the movie life when they put it on the soundtrack because it is weird that that version isn't on the album that you have to to get that like the single version of it you have to have the the life soundtrack it's such a scene change to the point now i've heard it i've heard this song so many times that now like i'm ready for it if i was partying and this song came up and i hope that if i was partying i wasn't paying too much attention to the heavy subject matter and just enjoying the melody or whatever but i'm waiting for that part you know it's like completely like you're in a different room at this point Definitely one of the strangest transitions I've heard in a song ever. Did, did you ever see the movie Life? No. It's a depressing movie. Yeah? <laughs> it's Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. Basically, they're telling the story of how in 1932, they were wrongfully accused of murder, but because they were both black guys, they were sentenced to life in prison, and the movie follows them all the way up to 1997 when they've spent their entire lives in jail for a crime they didn't commit. Wow. It is a fucking heavy movie. And then it's like, they eventually, you know, spoiler, they eventually escape just in time, like in their seventies and just go and watch a baseball game together. Like that's like the ending of the movie is like, even though they spent their entire life together when they escape, they still want to spend time with each other. I would say this song is heavier <laughs> than the movie life, but I remember going into life thinking it was going to be a wacky comedy based on the trailers, and it was a very depressing movie to sit through. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast. 
a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. So a few more things about this song. It was produced by Wyclef, who also signed the band. Mm -hmm. And this song was released in March of 2001. So we are still... You know, several months out from 9-11. And at the time, I will note that this was really Shaggy's time. In January of 2001, uh, the number one song was It Wasn't Me. Yeah, this came out in March. And already by March 26th of 2001, it was in the top 10. Right. That's how quickly this song wow. fucking ascended. Yeah, and Shaggy was on the top of the charts at that point, too. When City High released this song... Shaggy was once again at number one with Angel, which he had was his follow up to It Wasn't Me. It was the time of Shaggy. So by May, it was probably My Girl Janet at the top with All For You, which is a total yeah. jam. Yeah. And you want to hear what else played out? This this is a, I would argue that of all of the top tens I've ever looked at, this is one where I'm like, every one of these songs is still mm. played. Okay. Number 10, Missy Elliott, Get Your Freak On. Okay. Number nine, Nelly Furtado, I'm Like a Bird. Yep, still hear that one. Uh, Eight was What Would You Do, City High. Uh, Seven, Dido with Thank You. Okay. Six, for better or for worse, I still hear this one. Uncle Cracker, Follow Me. Yeah, it won't go away. (laughs) Five, Nelly with Ride With Me. Right. Four, Lifehouse, Hanging By a Moment. Mm, Still hear that occasionally. Three, Christina Aguilera, Little Kim, Maya, and Pink with Lady Marmalade. Wow. And number two, Destiny's Child with Survivor. Wow. All still hits 20 years after the fact. They've all stood the test of time. Yeah. And then, like you said, all for you, Janet Jackson, number one. Wow. Interesting. At this point, by the way, Shaggy just fell out of the top 10 with Angel. In Uh, fact, City High took his spot. Wow. He was sitting at eight. He got bumped down to 11 and City High ascended. Wow. Interesting. So City High, they come out with this absolute jam, banger, conscious, whatever. I I choose to believe. Now, the criticism about the victim shaming of the one person in the song, I think that maybe the way I'm choosing to interpret it is that that is what the standard guy or person who's critical of the stripper or the prostitute that is the standard like, well, my mom didn't have to do it. Like yeah. she did what whatever, but 
you know, that everyone's situation is different. Obviously, this character, the the prostitute slash stripper in this song, she's come from a really terrible situation and now she has to raise a kid. And maybe that is just to illustrate the kinds of things that people do say. Yeah. Not to make it so that that's the theme of the song is, hey, you, you don't do this. And and that's why I, I said like it ends on the chorus again and it's not a changed chorus. You know what I mean? Like I feel like as hacky as this is, if that line was supposed to be the redemptive lyric, there would be like a chorus version too. Right. You know what I mean? Like talking about like how she's cleaned up her life or something. Right. Yeah. This song doesn't seem like the point is to preach. You shouldn't do this. It's more just like, here is something that happens. You take away from it what you want to take away from it. But here are the perspectives. One being the perspective of the person in the situation of the woman dancing at the party to be able to take care of her kid. And here's the perspective, albeit a very narrow-minded perspective, but that is something that people say. That is a criticism. And hey, I'm, I hope that nobody in this situation has to strip or become a prostitute or whatever. I hope not. But what I will say as a person who believes that a, an adult who, if they make that choice, that that's what they want to do, that I shouldn't shame them for that. Well, but I also think the other thing that we need to keep in mind here is how old was City High when they were doing this? Because I'm pretty sure they were still teenagers themselves. Oh. So if she's saying, I knew her from junior high, we might be literally talking about like a 17, 18, or 19-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't a dude in his 30s bumping into a kid that he went to school with. This is probably someone who just graduated high school seeing a classmate that hasn't been around doing that stuff. Right. And I want to throw to the third single, we listened to a little bit of it, but the other thing that makes me think, I don't think they're shaming anything. I think that they're just putting it out there is I want to read some of the lines from City High Anthem, which we listened to a little bit because that one really hit me with some of the lyrics, but it opens with, they gave up on our entire generation. So we were all pushed to the side because we didn't see the world through our teacher's eyes. When all we needed was a little bit of but because we wore our pants sagging, y'all labeled us gangsters, said it wasn't worth the time. There are so the next verse is, at a school with more dropouts than signups at registration and the pregnancy rate at an all-time high, but we're the only ones that know why. Now, when you think of a classroom, it should be a place of mental st- uh, stimulation, but there's some brothers outside that, stel- that are selling that stuff that'll really stimulate your mind. Hmm. And it's like, I think that they're just saying... This is the straight facts. Like based on those lyrics, that sounds like this is a group that is writing songs about how the system itself has failed them from the start. Right. And that the narrator is sitting in a place of privilege saying, oh, you can get yourself out of this. And them saying from the second we walked into elementary school, we were already decided that we weren't worth the time to educate. Right. I guess I didn't. I don't know their ages at the time of this release. I didn't see any information on that. I wondered why City High, who came out so strong, this absolute jam, and then these other singles that we listened to, and we're like, damn, these are good. 
Yeah. Why, why did they disappear? So, so I just checked, because only one of them has a, a wiki page. Mm-hmm. Claudette. Right. Claudette would have been 20 when this album was released. Okay. So they would have been probably in that 18, 19, 20 range, all three of them, I would imagine. Right. And the only thing that I can <laughs> speculate as to why they stopped being a band. Yeah, I think you got a good <laughs> a good speculation. <laughs> yeah. It was Claudette Ortiz, Robbie Pardio, and Ryan Toby. Well, Claudette and Robbie were dating when the group started. They were just a duo. But then on Wyclef's label, there there already was a duo. They wanted a trio. I don't know why there can't be more than one duo, why one has to be a trio. I don't know. But then they invited Ryan Toby to join so they'd become a, a trio. At some point along the way, Claudette broke up with Robbie and started dating Toby. And then she married Toby three years after this in 2004. And then they got divorced in 2007. Just speculation here, but I could see how this love triangle situation could lead to the breakup may, of a musical trio may, may have been a bit of an issue she i'm trying to see what, if there's anything else here the band disbanded in 2003 uh after failing to release another album see she did go on to do a solo career ortiz uh, released her first solo single can't get enough featuring mace uh, she was also featured on wyclef's track dance like this on the dirty dancing havana night soundtrack uh, and went on to work with Nas, Ja Rule, and Mace. Okay. Um, she also worked with producers Will I Am, Pharrell, and then it looks like she's done. A, she's appeared in like some reality shows. Looks like she was a castmate on R&B Divas Las Vegas, which is a show I've never heard of. It said Ortiz spoke about her daughter in an interview and how she had no clue who the guy was being reported by the media as her daughter's father. <laughs> Uh, the interviewer said, so hold on. You don't know the guy that's being reported as your daughter's father? And she said, no, I don't know who that is. I saw a rumor on Wiki a while back saying that I was dating him and had a child by him. I was in the studio with my producer and we were both laughing about it. I wasn't even pregnant yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, know that guy and I've never met him. My daughter's father is just a normal, hardworking businessman. He's not even in the music industry. Wow. <laughs> so I feel like that's one of those situations, though, similar to when we did like our episode about Don't Worry, Be Happy Guy. I just blanked on his Bobby name. McFerrin. Barry McFerrin. How there's all those suicide rumors because like, wouldn't it be funny if like the Don't Worry, Be Happy Guy was so sad? And it's probably like, wouldn't it be funny if the What Would You Do girl had like a baby daddy that like doesn't know his kid or like... The internet's fucked up like that shit. And it's a reminder that we shouldn't lean too heavily on Wikipedia no. for, our, for our information. We should al- dig a little deeper, you know? But, uh, you know, we still use it for our podcast <laughs> purposes, but whatever. Well, when it comes to what would you do, it was nominated for the best R&B performance by a duo or group at the 2002 Grammys. It lost to Destiny's Child Survivor. It's a real shame Judging by all these songs that we've heard by City High, the singles, all great songs, great voices, everything about this group, especially they were so young. They should have had this long, great career if you were coming out the gate that hot. But something fell apart. We're speculating it was the love triangle, but I don't know. I shouldn't speculate that considering. Uh, I mean, I think it's safe to speculate. They broke up in 2003 and she married Toby in 2004. So Uh, 
time, yeah, I, time I, timeline seems to to favor us on our speculation. But who knows? We might hear from more T's saying, "Hey, man." You don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it might be another situation for her, like the Wikipedia situation. I don't know what you're talking about. We just didn't want to make music anymore. We, we had our hit. We made our money. We peaced out. But that would be weird. I mean, I will say that much. I don't know how No Doubt did it, but it would be real weird to still be in a band with your ex. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't even imagine ever talking to an ex, let alone being in a band with them. <laughs> oh, but it's crazy to think, man, that... This song was a top 10 hit and Grammy nominated. Yep. And then you don't follow it up at all. Nothing. And and like I don't think the rappers like I don't think Ryan or Robbie have done anything. Like I couldn't find anything about what they've been up to. I mean, I guess you could just be like, "Oh, I got offered this well, I had this hit, did that, I'm going to move on. Yeah. I guess sometimes I got to remember that having a storied long music career isn't everybody's end-all, be-all goal. Yeah. Maybe for some people, it's just a little bump along the way, like I did this cool thing, all right, on to the next cool thing that isn't music. I guess I have to remember that sometimes. Not everybody is me who's like, wow, I just got to keep doing this, you know? Also, I'm just trying to check to I was trying to figure out who this duo could have possibly been that made them have to become a trio. And if Discogs is up to date, because the label was was Booga Basement Records, they pretty much exclusively just released City High Records and one Wyclef single. (laughs) Like they whoever this duo was, their album never came out, Chris. And forcing them to become a trio. They have, may have been the undoing of them. 1,000%. That seems to be the... the wow. But you know what? Oh, no, they got a divorce. I was going to say, you know yeah. what? If they found love and they got married and they're happy, like maybe it was just fate. But mm. no, it didn't even last the three years. Yeah. <laughs> then they were done, so... What would you do? So, I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious, though, on this one. Thunder or Blunder, I have to give this one a thunder. I think that this song is incredible. I think that this group is incredible. It is a bummer that like they didn't continue to do stuff after the breakup on such a big scale, but this is like one of those ones where it's like we shouldn't even be doing an episode about this group. Mm-hmm. Like this is this this is a travesty that this is a one-hit wonder in any way. I'd have to agree. The way this song has stormed back into my life over the past couple years and I've heard it so many times, always enjoy it, always see everyone around me enjoying it when it's on. Usually it's a big strike against into blunder territory when someone doesn't follow up a huge success. But in this situation, uh, yeah, I also got to give it a thunder. All right. Well, there you go. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ophelios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Punchline's cover of I Want You to Want Me off their EP, So Nice to Meet You. Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and news. Do you want to start a podcast? Then contact Chris or myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how you can make your show sound as professional as possible. 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian MacKay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.